0: Melissa Seawater, what an incredibly inspiring young woman. She's got a DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. It used to be called multiple personalities, used to be called a lot of things, uh, but she was officially diagnosed a couple of years ago. She accepted it. it, took a while for that to accept. But she has alters, or what she calls headmates, that are there with her. And the relationship she has with them is fascinating how they come to the front or the surface and how she um, discovers them. They're there, but she discovers them. She calls it a system uh, that that she that she is. Uh, she uses pronouns when describing herself as us and we. Fascinating young woman. She a um, long road she was misdiagnosed with autism, ADHD, with so many things, um, um, bipolar, schizophrenia. Uh, but finally she was able to to come to this point now, where she knows what she has, and she's built a community. She has a podcast. She has a couple of YouTube channels. She talks about her alters, or her or her headmates. Uh, it's absolutely fascinating because not only is she dealing with it, and she's very protective of this of her system. By the way, you would think that there's kind of chaos, but she's she wants to better herself and be in a good good condition, so she can help the system. Uh, and she's got a great podcast uh, and, uh, like I say, YouTube channels. It's a fascinating discussion with Melissa Seawater about DID uh, and what we can do to help uh, those who have it. I, you're going to enjoy this. And, and Melissa, is, uh, she's beautiful. She's disciplined. She's brave. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Joey Pins. People ask me, "How did I lose 130 pounds?" The quick answer is always discipline. I started my business, wasn't paying attention to my health, was eating too much, you know, drinking too much sweets. My daughter was born. Next thing I know, I'm pre-diabetic, I have hypertension. I knew something had to change. Discipline. I, like many of you, have faced many challenges in your career, in your family, in your life faith, how did you attack them? How did you approach them? How did you solve them hopefully? It all had to have some degree of discipline. I'm also asked how did you found and start a tech business and that lasted over 25 years? Discipline. I was committed to it, enjoyed technology, didn't enjoy some aspects of it, but knew it was necessary. Discipline. Our podcast mission, how do we use discipline to better ourselves? and society join me please as i talk to interesting people and discuss how they use discipline in their family and their passion and their careers and how it helped them our podcast vision growth through learning from others joey pins discipline conversations it'll be light and serious join us please thank you for consideration yeah so you know as we were saying is that when you were uh you know first diagnosed with d i d and your journey to get there from here we were just talking about your brother and sister and when you when you told them how welcoming they were and how open and unsurprised they were about the news
1: right they were very well not i they were i don't know if it was partially unsurprised or like maybe semi expecting i guess mm. would be the thing because they sort of saw the signs before well i mean I think that. I saw signs but I wasn't really figuring it out because it was I was again denial mode. So it was mostly that I felt like it couldn't be the thing since like no, that's too far fetched, you know, it can't be me, you know, that's someone else. <laughs> not me. But they were they saw the signs, so like they they were like, Yeah, this makes sense, you know, it makes sense. And they were very supportive, you know, they they never felt like they were um like saying, no, poo-poo, that's, that can be the thing or whatever. Wow. So it was just like, yeah. Um, so it made sense to them, I guess, more than it did to me at the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, what? it's absolutely amazing because you were so misdiagnosed. You were uh, but bipolar. They thought you were autistic, ADHD, and then into like schizophrenia and things like this. And, um, and you were in denial, like you said. But then when you finally – found out and you finally accepted it what was that like was that was that burden lifted
1: it was well not entirely it, depended. it kind of like wave back and forth sometimes in terms mm. of like sometimes it was like hey this this totally makes sense like i can't deny it because like seriously I'm, I'm hearing voices inside my head i'm saying i'm suddenly like taken over kind of like to where it's like super obvious where it's it's clearly like a different person talking and like i realize it and i'm like what so i can't really deny it in those moments but then I'm, other times i'm like well that was you know a while ago and i was clearly you know confused and i must just be psychotic so i tell myself that i'm psychotic because technically i feel like it's some way easier <laughs> to believe that i'm psychotic than to believe that there's like that i'm not alone in my head for some reason <laughs> i don't know why that would be easier technically but it it feels that way <laughs> sometimes mm.
0: And yeah. it, is, it was such a great, I just, I my, I was just so glued to you talking when you talk about where you went to New Jersey and you met, and you met Maggie and you, you denied and denied and then finally accepted. Can we, can you tell our listeners about that?
1: So about when I met Maggie, oh, so there was Maggie exclamation mark wow. on the same weekend. And so yeah, it was pretty intense. I think that it was John Q a few weeks before that, maybe a month. So, but I had no idea, you know, when that had happened, what that was. But when I kind of realized, you know, I, I it connected with me, like because I was making jokes about it, right? Because, but I thought I was making jokes about myself, so I was thinking, hey, it's you know, you could everyone like to some degree, make some kind of joke about themselves, right? So, like, hey, I'm such, you know, I self-deprecating jokes or whatever. And I felt like that was fine if I did it, but technically I was doing it about other parts of me that were feeling offended that I was doing it. So, like, Mm say I made this um, jokes about, like, um, say Maggie was very positive and very, like, Fully smiling and a little bit euphoric, and 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 everything was like beautiful and positive and great. So I I compared it to an episode of Friends, like Friends, the show, the sitcom, where um, I think it was Alec Baldwin was in the episode and he was comparing uh, the Long Island Expressway to a concrete miracle. <laughs> so I was in kind of like a a joke. I was saying, you know, it's I was calling this this headmate after I realized they were headmates. Alec so manic Alec I would Uh, and then after a while I after I was saying it I realized I feel really offended by this and I'm like oh it's someone else feeling offended and I was like what they and it kind of hit me more they really feel like separately from me while I'm like what what's this offense Oh, you're offended. Oh crap. And then it's kind of like this back and forth, like, I'm sorry, you're offended. Like, I feel like an awful person. I was like, well, I know. (laughs) And it's kind of like an inner conversation, but then like, yeah, it's, I realized so much more how real their feelings were because I was feeling them like connected with their feelings. And it was a real, a real smack in the face (laughs) kind of.
0: (laughs) That's fascinating. And so like you said, you had different names for for this one particular altar, and then you finally arrived to one. How, what is that process like? How do you name the altar?
1: Oh, I don't really. They do. Yeah, I, they tell me what their names are, except for Skittle, because I don't know what her name is. So I, I had been calling this headmate, Mac, Alec, Maggie, because I didn't know her name. When she told me her name, I started calling her Maggie. It took me a while to figure it out. And, um, like she told me and she showed me what she looked like. So I even have a, I drew a picture of her his oh. red hair, long, wavy red hair. Um, she's 17 and I, I just like, she told me her name. So that's how I know it. And the others that's also how I know their name or I hear them talk to each other. So they sometimes ref- reference, uh, like say, Hey, um, Etienne or whatever, because like, there's a French town and an English town. <laughs> so um, I think there's at least there's French and he- French and English headmates. So I don't know if it's necessarily a different town, that I'm thinking. Um, so I hear their names. They tell me, or I hear them talk to each other. Skittle, I named her because it's a nickname, and I was trying to call her something other than something really offensive until I knew her name, which I still don't. Um, not not really. So I was calling her something. Um, mean <laughs> it was more like an insult than a name mm. so I felt like okay so until I know your real name I'll call you like you like because she I had made a joke saying I'm dissociating into a bag of Skittles taste the rainbow and then it was something like the next day or a few days later she ends up surfacing or fronting when I was super upset and then she kind of bounces off and tells my sister-in-law I'm the best smile on this bag of Skittles so, I ended up thinking, you know, later when I was connecting with her and realizing that she was a headmate, thinking, well, I'll, maybe, maybe until I know her name, I'll call her Skittle, and she got super excited. So I thought, you know, bingo, that's the name until we figure this out.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that sometimes when you're having a particular bad day, which we all do, mm-hmm. uh, and and then your headmates kind of back off of you. Does it does it ever happen where a an altar or a headmate has a really bad day, and you could sense that, and the others can feel that as well
1: it It depends sometimes I know who's having a bad day based on like how they like I can recognize it's kind of like wearing a person almost like that doesn't make sense, but like I can recognize their feelings and the way that they move or the way that they think or i or they, or they just tell me right out who it is but hmm. like I don't know like i if if they're feeling down. Like sometimes they say it right out or sometimes we're just feeling really triggered and someone else comes forward and I have no idea what's going on. And most of the time I'm clueless. So I'm the one that's in the dark. Well, they, I think they know more than I do, but uh, I'm mostly kind of trying to figure it out really. And just recognize them based on when I felt them before or when they talked to me before by their voices, by their mannerisms. So. And, and, the relationship is
0: obviously. I'm talking to Melissa. You're the host with those other headma- headmates. Do they feel that they're the host and you're a headmate? You
1: know, I sometimes wonder that. I kind of uh, like it was kind of a weird one. Once, like it was maybe a few weeks ago. I'm kind of falling asleep in my hand, right? <laughs> so, <I'm> like, <sighs> trying not to go to sleep because I have to be. I have to be productive, right? And I'm kind of like falling asleep in my hand. I hear someone say, "I'm Melissa. I'm Melissa." can you even hear this voice? And I was like, am I confused or are you? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was like, what does that mean exactly? So like, I don't know if maybe there's like, sometimes like some of us think they're like, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure, you know, but I I think that mostly they exist within kind of um, what we call an inner world where it's kind of like a, Say, you, okay, so you're dreaming you're going to, like, I don't know, the beach met in met in, in Cancun, or I don't know. So, and then you're thinking, you're picking yourself on the beach, oh, this is soothing, it's relaxing. But then, at the same time, like, you're seeing this world in your head. For them, it's kind of like that, but way more vivid, way more, like, interactions between each other. Kind of like, hmm. um, they can speak to each other in this place that's kind of like, and they, that's where they generally, um, well, I can hear them within acting and um speaking within this place but i i haven't personally seen it not not exactly i sort of sort of meshed into there a little bit but i'm still working on that wow and
0: you know in technology we have something called servers and virtual servers where we have a physical server and there's virtual servers inside i don't know if you're familiar with this concept uh but i, I that's what i i'm a technologist so that's why i kind of i kind of uh reference that um so DID, uh, I haven't heard of it until I started watching your videos, uh, Dissociative disassoci- Identity Disorder. What should people know about it? It was commonly called something else before, and now it's this. What should people know about it?
1: So Dissociative Identity Disorder, or short D.I.D., was once known until 1984 as Multiple Personality Disorder, and before that as Split Personalities, Mm. which was a confusion. I think with schizophrenia because, like, I think that schizophrenia means in I'm not even sure what language, but split mind. So they were there was a confusion between schizophrenia and and having alternate identities or personalities. And then there was a confusion between borderline personality disorder and multiple personality disorder. And there was a lot of uh, stigma and hype in the media and it got out of, like, way out of control, like, movies and calling it, like, fake or, like, saying it was caused by therapy or, like, iotrogenic, saying that it, you know, therapists were, like, making people think that this existed when it really didn't, saying that that it didn't exist at all uh, or that it was overdiagnosed or underdiagnosed and it was just Mm -hmm. such a big hype that they decided to rename it. And, and kind of cool things down from the, the stigma of the name multiple personality disorder and, and give it something a little more precise, really, because it's more about identity than about personality. Everyone really has a personality difference. Like, hey, like sometimes I like tacos and sometimes I, you know, I like pizza and sometimes I talk in a British accent when I go to Britain. That doesn't mean that you're a headmate. Mm. It really just means that, you know, you're being influenced by your surroundings or taste or time. So it's it's not about a variance in likes or dislikes. It's about an actual separation and identity of like like walls of barriers that can actually be memory, can be personality differences that are completely stark, knowledge that's completely stark, abilities, talents, um, symptoms. You can have like one disorder or not. You can have like different eyesight. So some people with DID have different glasses like hmm. different strength of glasses wow. some people have different levels of blood sugar some people have different levels of iq and some people you know it, it varies you know it's it's completely compartmentalized and it's it's i'm not entirely sure how it does that it, like the the variances in abilities or symptomology but it's 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 very clear like they can tell with brain scans that this is actually like these they see these differences and in, in even brain scans, when if they see a switch between a headmate, they can actually see the difference. So it's pretty, pretty well like concrete.
0: Yeah. I remember you saying like some of them are left handed. Right. And <laughs> I mean, there's a completely different uh, for each for each headmate. It's it's uh, so fascinating to me. And so let's talk about I I've I've heard you talk about it, you know, through your content. But, you know, so you were first mis- misdiagnosed as a child and you fought it and you fought it and then some, some good therapy came along and, and, and tried to guide you there and you continued to fight. I don't want, I don't want to take this away from you. Uh, please, please share. You, you know, the story almost better than I do. <laughs> Man. I don't well, think our listeners do. Ugh.
1: Well, sometimes I make an episode and then like a week later, I'm like, what? did I even cover this topic yet because I'm so dissociated sometimes when I make the episode that I'm like, did it, did that happen? So I, sometimes people do know more than I do. Um, But yeah. um, So yeah, um, it was
0: misdiagnosed.
1: I was misdiagnosed. (laughs) There you go. Many times. So the first misdiagnosis, I'd say it's probably autism, but it wasn't really a diagnosis. It was more like a suspicion. Right, right. And then that was ruled out and it was ADHD and that was, I was actually labeled severe ADHD, whereas that was more likely, you know, dissociation because I just really just couldn't stay present and concentrated on the moment or like what was going on. I had to repeat everything that someone would say, like as in a conversation. So if someone was talking to me and I was like drifting off, I was like, okay. So every word they would say within my head, I would say, I would repeat it in my thoughts. that I would stay present and concentrated and able to listen and that would usually not work entirely but I would try so yeah but uh then borderline personality disorder which was also ruled out uh more like I think last year was taken off the list that took a while because they were like well you have so many diagnoses that you must have borderline or you know you you have this and you have this, but so you must be. But that's not even a trait of borderline. So like, um, it was mostly that I was very self-destructive, or or really that was mostly it. I had a crisis, uh, not a crisis, a uh, confusion of identity, which really wasn't mm. really the borderline. <laughs> so yeah.
0: And you talk about the first time you were just a child and you got up in front of class and you you said some things and. <laughs> You know, you had to go see the the nurse or and you had no recollection of this at all. You don't remember it happening at all. And they said, well, you must be autistic and the, or there's trouble at home, which they never followed up on. Uh, but mm-hmm. that happens quite often where you don't remember things because you weren't there.
1: It's sort of not there. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. sometimes I do remember. Like there are times when I remember what happened. Like it's kind of like I'm in the backseat of a, of the situation. Like my, I, I can see what's going on. I'm aware of it, but I'm not in control of it. So I can remember it afterwards, maybe a little bit fuzzy. And I'm like, okay, so it felt like this and it looked like this, but I don't know why. And you know, like, but other times it's a complete blank. Like I'll just kind of, like say I'm, I'm sitting up and I'm looking at my laptop and then like, how did I get here? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's feels a little bit like a spacey weed trip, I suppose. Um, like kind of like loopy time. I, that's one reason why I don't like weed because <laughs> it's like, so like you lose these gaps of time sometimes like, what just happened? <laughs> it kind of feels a little bit like that, like little gaps in memory. So, yeah.
0: Now, when, now when an alter services or comes up front, do, are you aware that this is happening? Does that kind of backseat mentality happen?
1: So it depends. Like, uh, very often, yes, which is actually not that uncommon with DID. Like, it's a, it's a misconception that it's always forgotten. With DID, it's, it can be forgotten, and there would be memory gaps in order for it to be DID. Otherwise, it would be OSDD, which would be Otherwise Specified Dissociative Disorder, where there are headmates slash alters, but you remember whenever there's a switch. Hmm. With Dissociative Identity Disorder there's loss of memory from childhood and there's also gaps in current memory. So like example we received a package in the mail and I was like what is this? So like I didn't know what I I, I still don't remember ordering it honestly. Uh but I found the transaction in my account. I see how it was like 16 bucks so I mean at least we didn't break the bank but like <laughs> I I I don't know um exactly how that went exactly but yeah. It was a surprise. And other times I kind of come in and out of awareness of what's going on over like the course of a few days and then I'm kind of like Whoa, do I even exist? So it kind of feels a little bit trippy.
0: And can an altar if they do come forward, can they can they kind of take over and stay in front for long periods of time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They can well I mean, some people in some cases, it can be years. uh like wow. It's never been like that for us. In my case, it's been weeks at most. Weeks, yeah. And sometimes days, and sometimes hours, and those minutes, sometimes snap of a second. Like a, set, a phrase comes out, and then I'm back. Like it's it can be it varies. And
0: Woo. by whose choice does that happen? Does the alternate decide to step back, or does Melissa decide to come forward?
1: well so it depends like usually i'm not i don't really well i've never really decided to switch (laughs) i don't know exactly why like say it it can be a trigger so we'll call it a trigger which can be positive or negative so say um like example something awful happens it reminds us of something that happened in the past then someone connects especially to that memory they might i might feel their feelings they might come forward and say something about it someone might get angry about something Or it could be a positive trigger, like, say we're in the kitchen, I have a jar of pickles, I'm going to get a pickle, but someone, like, four years old (laughs) is, like, super excited and dips her hand in the pickle jar and giggles and screeches, like, how great it is to have her hand in the slippery, juicy pickle jar, and that's hilariousness for her. So (laughs) it's like, it can be something completely positive, or someone says, hey, who wants a a colored popsicle like Ah, and then they're, like, screaming, like, screeching, like, I want a colored popsicle, so, like, it can be completely positive, it just, like, if it interests them, if it connects with them, and they have something to say about it, they're, like, hey, and they say it, and then that's it, and sometimes they just leave, or sometimes they stay for a while, it depends on how that goes, but lately, like, I mean, the first times it happened, it was, like, weeks or days, but, yeah, I really didn't know what was going on, I didn't know how to, like, focus or get back to myself, and it was so new, but like more and more lately, it's more like just kind of like um like like a sentence here and there or like a few hours or like a feeling for a while, like a connection to someone else's feelings while I'm feeling my own feelings without necessarily being switched it can be like influence without necessarily being a switch.
0: How do you or do you communicate with your headmates?
1: well, we it depends. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> Sometimes it's kind of accidental. So say I'm, I'm, it's, well, dissociation is kind of like the concept of, well, dreaming in general is dissociation. So whether you're sleeping or you're awake, daydreaming or dreaming, or just kind of like mindlessly going out your day. So when I'm, when my mind is clear and I'm more likely to be like connected with them, I might hear them talk, but that's not necessarily on purpose on their part. It can be like a window of like, Okay, so like all of a sudden, it's kind of like someone opens the window and I hear something and then the window closes, but not necessarily intentionally. And then I hear like a phrase here and there, but I don't get contact. So I don't know what's going on. And other times they directly talk to me. And other times I'll, well, sometimes I'll reply. And once in a while we have what I call a team meeting and we, I type to them. So I'll say like, hey, how's everyone doing? And like the other day, I did this in both English and French to see C- to connect with everyone. Because I figured, well, if there's some of us that only speak French, let's do it. So I just kind of type, and sometimes they're, they say the answer, and sometimes they type the answer. Um, so like if they say it in our head, then I'll write what they said in context, and then I'll write what I and I'll write my response, and then they might write, write, write it or say it again. So it's kind of like a, a written conversation. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm actually making an app regarding that, like a kind of a communication app for dissociative identity disorder.
0: That's fascinating. And how do you begin and begin such a a, a meeting an endeavor? How do you summon everyone say okay, let's get together group chat here, a group meeting?
1: Well, it it doesn't always work. Uh, but I funny. figured out like there's like ways to kind of help the connection, like say we have a blanket that I got from Amazon, and I'm like, okay, so this looks like a nice thing to sit on with a, we call, we call them littles, like the younger ones. And someone, actually a few friends, gave us some toys for the kids, and they're like, okay, this one's for Katie, this one's for Skittle, this one's for you know. So and then we, we get we get the blanket, we get the toys, and we get we watch the cartoons. And then they're like, oh my god, the cartoon, and they're like, you know how like kids, uh, like really little kids the way that you know that there's a really small child in the house, even though there's no children around is that there's fingerprints on the television screen. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's, that's, that's one thing that we do is like reach out to the, to the screen and like practically touch it or like almost hug the laptop screen. So we get like in a space where we're connected and then maybe I'll like talk to the kids and like, Hey, you know, like this is, you know, and, and, and I, I remember asking Katie if I could be her big, you know, kind of like, and just kind of talking and, connecting and saying how they feel and how, you know, things are going and then say, okay, so I'm going to talk to the bigs now, like the the grown-up alters. And then we kind of like, I don't know. And then sometimes we type or sometimes we just talk in like our head. (laughs) And when you, when you verbally
0: talk in your head, you're not verbally doing it. You're talking completely to each other mentally.
1: Very rarely out loud. Like once in a while we did, it was kind of awkward. Um, I think we recorded it once. Uh, the conversation because I was so dissociated that I I figured out that um, everything that we would think or type was not me but I figured out that when I spoke it aloud it was so I was like okay I'm gonna turn this on and then I'm gonna figure out and then maybe she'll reply so that I could figure out what's going on so I recorded the conversation but other times like it's yeah it's usually just typing or but it, they don't necessarily reply. But I think that once we were talking out loud, it wasn't recorded. It was just kind of like, um, "Hey, how's everyone doing?" Like, "Hey, Skittle," or like, you know. And I would talk to them individually. I said their name, and then kind of like, a uh, kind of like how I felt about them. A message for them specifically to someone else's name. That message for them, and then maybe you, maybe not. They would reply, and sometimes they would speak aloud, and <laughs> sometimes we're like moving around like a four-year-old or something. So it's kind of awkward, um, especially since, like, I didn't used to know that's what it was when that would happen. So I was like, wow, I'm just, like, the weirdest manic in the world. But now I'm like, okay, like, a child just did the thing. <laughs> so it's, it's super uh, disconcerting, but it's also kind of, you know, connecting, you know, with a part of yourself that you feel is someone else, and in a way it is. So it's, uh, I mean, we're separate parts of the brain or mind or not really the brain, but mind. So they kind of connect it that way. Kind of, kind of uh, fond of them. You know, there's is something they're very, very fond of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You mentioned that that you feel a responsibility to better yourself because you want to better everyone. Can I call it a team? Can I call it you, us? Sure. Awesome. Yeah. You're. You're. That's a compliment. That's. That's okay.
1: Yeah, we're we're kind of a team. I mean, not everyone thinks so. Not, not I mean, in us. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. some people, would, some some of us would take offense, but like uh, I'm good with that. Like I, I'd like to be a team.
0: <laughs> ah, so some of some of your alters would be offended by that when you say us.
1: Yeah, yeah, because um, they're they're we're, they're not all fond of me, or um, I don't know if it's necessarily me or a few of us, or at least not me. Yeah, because uh, I think that there's a lot of um, blame or something, or, like, instead of being mad at whoever, like, because dissociative identity disorder is caused by repeated events that, that cause, like, a sep- like a, the mind to stay separate or to dissociate into separate parts. So whatever happened to us when we were a kid, so that, that we took a lot of, like, self-blame. And there are parts of us who kind of blame each other, and it kind of turns into, like, mm-hmm. rather than being more, like, angry at someone else, we're, like, angry at parts of ourselves. So, like, sir so I have a headmate that kind of, well, we're more, more, less aggressive than before with me. But it used to be very, very distinct. And now it's more, like, bitterness. But it's not necessarily as, as violent or aggressive or, like, yelling. Like, I used to think it was my Tourette syndrome. Because, like, <laughs> if anyone... Listening, thing, I don't think we've mentioned, but I do have Tressyndromes, the little noises now and then. I cut that out of my podcast, but I, I do make these noises. And sometimes I would have these phrases that I would say. And like, say I would kind of like, if I'm having an OCD compulsion, which I do have OCD, but it's under medication. So if I'm having a compulsion where I'm knocking and it has to be a specific number of times, I think, oh, well, maybe I made a mistake. I might get nervous, but then this other headmate yells, and I'll censor it, but you got, um, you um did it wrong, you effing biatch. <laughs> and they yell it really loud. And I'm like, oh, that was a tick. And I was like, because I couldn't explain it, right? I didn't know that I had DID. And I didn't know there was really other parts of me. So I was like, when that happened, I was like, I know I didn't say it on purpose. I'm not really angry. I wouldn't yell at myself. So it must have been Tourette's syndrome. But then <laughs> looking back later, I'm like, oh uh, you know, so it's kind of like it all connects but um there was a lot of events like that where there was yelling like a loud yelling that I very much misinterpreted as Tourette's syndrome yeah
0: <laughs> and so when these when the alters are angry at you like that um could that hit could that could that happen when you're you know, in, in a store or the line at the, you know, the restaurant or something? I mean, when that happens, does it, mm-hmm. does it pull you away? Does it shock you? To, what what physically happens to you when you get yelled at and you're getting, you know, um chastised
1: by one of your alters? So I usually like if, if for anyone around us, like I'll say, OK, that was a tick. Or like I'll shrug it off or just like, hey, no, that no. like I'll like I'll go on like it was nothing because like I don't want to draw more attention to it than I already did. Like um say Okay, uh we're like say our youngest one of one of our younger ones, she's two and she's kinda of, like making faces and she's like um not let's say at anyone but just kind of like in like she's very sad and sullen so she might be making like a sad face and kind of like looking into and then someone thinks that they're they're, they're staring at her so i'm like oh hi <laughs> like i just kind of wave and i'm like okay yeah sure hi and then I'm, or um if we yell i'll say it was a tick if we make a little noise like skittle makes kind of a squeal um mm-hmm. uh, musical squeal i i'm going to attempt not to imitate it because it might trigger her because <laughs> that's. that's- so something i'm going to attempt to do um but uh so she kind of makes like a noise so once in a while i wonder you know is it really how much are my ticks actually ticks and how much are they actually just kind of like someone goofing around <laughs> oh, Wow, yeah, i wonder
0: because <laughs> yeah, you've mentioned before how you've been in public places and some of these occur and you know some people don't really you know look at you oddly and and some accept it and um you know, what can we do, the general public, I mean, to better help? And, you know, if we have a loved one or a friend or, or don't understand this, what can we do to to aid and to help in this?
1: So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit complicated because if the person doesn't know... Right. Yeah, you know, it's hard to really gauge how to react. like okay, so this could be a new number of things, right? if you're looking at it from an outside perspective and you have no idea what the person has, but if you're aware, okay, so this is this is DID, um this person is, is switching, then I mean one thing to do is just kind of respond to whoever just spoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like hey, uh, and not make a big deal of it at like, oh my God, it's Maggie. Let's let's make a big deal. Maggie, oh, it's been forever. Oh my God, she's a switch. Did you see she switched? She switched it's weird, like, instead of being, like, make a big deal out of it, and pull a, draw it out, like, just respond to whoever, like, say Maggie says something, I don't know, like, she compliments a rainbow, I don't know, uh, then just, like, say, hey, yeah, cool, rainbow, you know, so like, it can just be, like, tra-la-la, nonchalant, um, react to whatever was said without making, like, you really shouldn't switch. You shouldn't be out. You shouldn't do this. You're, you're like, or it's really weird. It's really cool. It's really fascinating. It's really whatever this, whatever that. You're just like, Hey, um, reply, you know, cause it's kind of like, a, well, it is, it's a person. It's an aspect of a person. So like, it just makes sense to, you know, someone says something you say something back or just kind of like smile and move on. I don't know. kind of that. Yeah.
0: I think you're saying, well, this is just to be a human. And just accept, Uh, you know, it's not that hard. Yeah. Now, we mentioned pronouns before. And, you know, there's these days, there's a, you know, I don't want to say an issue, but people are transitioning. So they want to change pronouns. Mm -hmm. But it's very different with you because you are an us and a we. Now, when you're in public and you're at a restaurant, do you tell the server we will
1: have? Do you use those pronouns that way as well? It happens, but usually by accident. I try very hard to be I when especially like (laughs) – Um, when, when like younger ones are around, I really don't want to explain to a kid or like if a stranger, you know, I don't really like if they don't know the context and I I try, like, I try to slow down my speech so that I can think a lot like before, which is not very easy, but, or I'll just correct myself. I mean, I mean, I, not we, like if I'm in a cab, I might be like, well, you can drop us off over there, but really I'm alone in the back of the cab. So I'm like, I mean, you can drop me off over there. (laughs) <laughs> oops my bad um so i usually take it back which probably draws more attention to it than if i had just left alone right. but i uh, yeah so if i just be like hey drop yourself over there and leave it at that it's like yeah but i'm too self-conscious to let it go and i'm like oops yeah so but yeah it does happen um i'm usually either she or like in reference to myself although we aren't all female in right. our system But we, like, depending on, like, say, I might say I, or one of them might say I, because if they're talking and they're only referring to themselves while they're talking, then it's I. So it's not necessarily Melissa saying I always, you know? So, yeah. it's
0: fascinating. And you mentioned at one point when you were officially diagnosed and you had some friends that said you know, we want the old Melissa back, right. Uh, you know, there was resistance there. It's, 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 terrible. It's horrible.
1: Well, they didn't know at the time they, they were seeing signs of very like, like acting like a different person. So they, and they even said, this is, it's like, you're a different person. Um. You know, I, they, they literally, I think quite literally said that it's like you're a different person, but they didn't know I was like, you know, we were kind of like more under passive influence or like switching or things like that. So they were like, they were very confused and you know so was I and I think that more than me because I think that I wasn't the only one in my system who didn't know so it's a lot of barriers and like nobody didn't know at the time and I think if they, if they had they wouldn't have reacted that way um, some people may still um, I, you know, get self-conscious you know you're walking in public and you're acting like a little fruity and they're like well you can't behave like this in public and I'm like oh crap <laughs> So it's, it's, it can be hurtful sometimes if, if they do know, and they're like, you can't, you can't act like this in public and, and, you know, so, but ordinarily, like, I don't really get that kind of reaction.
0: Now you mentioned that you used the word system. So in your system, are you discovering new alters and headmates? Uh, Do you think you know how many are there?
1: Well, new in the sense of not knowing about them before, as in, like, they didn't know they were there, and now I know. Right. Or I might hear their voice, whereas I didn't hear them before, so new in the sense of my awareness of them. But new in the sense of that they just appeared, I don't think so. Um, Probably not, like, not unless it would be some kind of, like, um, event that would happen that would... Trigger like uh, uh, something to develop in that sense, but it wouldn't really like just kind of spontaneously combust into other alters. <laughs> it's mostly that I wasn't aware of them. You know, usually the host of a system isn't aware of the fact that they have DID. They're not aware of who's there, of what their names are, of their genders, of their ages. They just know that they they, they don't know much really. They 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 shrugged it off. I shrugged it off. I was like, well, this is a quirk. It's a quirk. It's it's just me being weird. I wasn't really thinking, hey, that has to be it must be DID. I wasn't well once in a while I thought, you know, maybe well I wonder. And then, you know, I just kinda of like, no, no, you you weird persons, can't be it. Can't be it, can't be it. So Do you,
0: do you know approximately how many altars you have? Um, so
1: I can make a guesstimate of a of a probable minimum, but I can't really say.
0: Like is it more than ten? Is it is it is it do you have a rough estimate?
1: I think that we are what is called polyfragmented. Wow. Which means at least a hundred.
0: Incredible.
1: Cause um there's enough voices, enough um unique Everything, like, I know that I I mapped us and, like, characteristics of them, names of them, and I have about 30 on a chart that I know their actual name or characteristics that I labeled them, either that I know their name or or characteristics to give them, like, a say, okay, this is kind of what they're like and kind of give them a label until I know the name. So then, but then, yeah, I think that considering how many distinct voices I hear without necessarily knowing who they are, I'm fairly certain that we... Maybe if not 100, at least getting up there.
0: And is do you do you hear them now? Do you hear them communicating now? Is there a time where you don't, or do you always? Yeah.
1: No, I don't. I don't hear them now. Um, sometimes I feel them, or they might say something, but not. It's not usually while I'm talking. It does happen once in a while. Like if I'm alert, that they might say something. I think I heard Skittle once. I was recording a video that we had made for YouTube and I remember we were I wasn't gonna post it because we were having so many switches and Skittle was surfacing a lot and she was kind of shrieking a lot and I was gonna this is okay I give up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue recording this video. I stopped the recording. I didn't post it for months. And then one day I'm like, well maybe I'll post it as kind of like a reference to what it was like and just put clips. And then when we were editing it, I hear this little voice in my head go, and it, I knew it was it was Skittle because like we were watching the Switch and it was Skittle at Switch, so I knew, hey, that's her voice. And I was so taken aback. I was like, what? I don't usually hear them when I'm focused. So it was, and it was kind of cool, really, because I have a real connection with her. So like I'm fond of her. Like I, I kind of wish I knew her name, but like yeah. I wish I knew more about her. I I know, I I she's the earliest. One that I remember experiencing, but more than that, right? So, yeah, it was pretty cool, but it happens.
0: And how long ago were you officially diagnosed, and how long has it been since you officially accepted it?
1: So, we were diagnosed in late 2019, for the first time, sort of diagnosed. We were more like they, that they figured out what it was, but they didn't really say, okay, that's what it is. Like, because the psychiatrist was saying, well, he figured it out, he said, she said Well, it's not mania, you're dissociating. But he didn't really say it's dissociative identity disorder. And even to this day, he doesn't want to put it in the file, not because he actually told us it would it is dissociative identity disorder. But he's not gonna label it because of the stigma. So say if we need care somewhere and the person the, the 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 person, the doctor in charge of like reading the file is like critical or skeptical or whatever. That can influence our care so he didn't want to label it in our file but we were since diagnosed by two different psychologists as having dissociative identity disorder so um one of which was a um someone who specializes in DID so um yeah so we were diagnosed just not by the but that was in 2019 and accepting it actually it wouldn't have taken all that long considering That we were only diagnosed in 2019 I think was partially because we were in connection with some people who had it already well obviously already because you don't just like get it out of the out of the blue Mm -hmm. you've had it forever but people who were aware of it for a while and say I was feeling very unsafe and we were kind of switchy switchy is kind of like not really word but it's what we call like feeling like we will switch or have switched or like dissociated and they I was trying not to I was trying to stay present and this friend said well they asked about the other headmate about how they how they felt I said I don't care I don't want to know they I hate them I don't want to know and I said well they influenced your safety too because we felt like a danger to ourselves so like they influence your safety too. And I was thinking, wow. They, and then I considered how their feelings were impacted and how they impacted us. And I was just like, wow, you know, like, and it kind of hit me that like yeah. <laughs> that, um, that they actually had an impact on us and, and had an impact on themselves and like an awareness. And I became a lot more compassionate.
0: Yes, you did. And what's
1: the what's the treatment for DID? So there is no medication. There is only long-term psychotherapy, which is long-term is like long-term. Like the average mm. is like nine years. And that's an average. So it can go over. It can be 14 years. And that's depending on the focus of the therapy, because sometimes it can be, say, for one person, it could be fusion, which would be a goal with like – um. Integration followed by fusion, which would be becoming one. Whereas other people, like us, myself, ourselves, we prefer the idea of functional multiplicity. So that wouldn't be quite as long in theory to achieve. So
0: functional multiplicity. So yeah. you don't you don't like the idea of fusion. You like the functional multiplicity. Why? 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 Tell me, explain that, please
1: the fusion scares me and like the way the way i see it like not everyone sees it that way some people want to fuse obviously like because it does happen that way that some people want to but more and more it's accepted that it's not necessarily what someone wants to do because it, like one it's like you're you get used to being you right so mm-hmm. you're joe and i'm melissa and like would would you want to get in the same head and live together forever in the same head except that you will never be Joe again and I'll mm-hmm. never be me but like we'll be like a combination of us and we'll exist in a different way does that sound comforting to you? Mm. <laughs> like it's like saying so this person and this person are going to meld and at the same time you'll dis-exist but at the same time you'll continue to exist but as something else and you don't know what that's going to be and that's super disconcerting so and I and I feel like I would not only be like maybe I'll be the predominant like identity maybe not and at the same time like everyone's scared all of us are scared they're like I don't want to do that you know so it's scary it's frightening and it's unknown so like and will we like who we are afterwards So I'd rather get along <laughs>
0: You may, so functional multiplicity is fascinating. You mentioned at one point how one of your alters was really upset with you and shout at you, but yeah. now it's—it's it's kind of been quelled and its, it's just—it's turned into like bitterness, which is better yeah. than pure <laughs> anger.
1: Uh, is that because of the therapy? That's because of our communication, I think. Because uh. therapy—you know—we're we, still in the beginnings of it, and for the first while in therapy, we weren't really supported as a system. It was mostly like it was for me and they would refuse to talk to anyone else in the system. So like, say Maggie or one of the kids or littles would talk. They wouldn't re- be responded to and it would be completely ignored. And not that they didn't believe in DID because they did diagnose us, but they felt like it would be encouraging dissociation, which isn't really how you go about treating dissociation. You sort of have to treat the whole person. And so the therapy, not really. It was mostly me trying to communicate and connect and understand and kind of like get past it and say, okay, so you feel this way, but, you know, maybe there's a reason for it and I'm sure you have a very good reason. And, you know, I don't know everything and maybe you know more than I do. And I try to be like, okay, so if someone's angry, then, you know, cause and effect, right? So like, how can we work this out? It's kind of like I treat it like another person would like, which is sort of the thing. Um, So it's like, okay, so you have a tiff with someone, let's talk about it. So, it's been a lot of work and communication and eye-rolling from their part and, I don't know, like trying. So, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of communication, a lot of working, but sometimes sometimes it just, we'll, we'll see in time. We'll see in time. Do you feel that uh, the
0: alters have accepted the diagnosis of DID?
1: Not all of them, and I would say potentially because, not necessarily because they don't believe that it's DID, but because they don't want anyone else to believe it, or because they don't want me to believe it, they want it to be covert, they want it to be, you know, but at the same time, others are like, hey, that's what it is, it's, you know, I might say something like, um, because everything for me is a waffle, I don't know why, like, everything good and bad, it's all a waffle, That's, that's such a waffle being a waffle, so I would say there's no such thing as a waffle because, like, as dissociative identity disorder, there's no such thing as dissociative identity disorder. And then another one of us replies, "I assure you, there's such a thing as a waffle." <laughs> so they're like, "Yes, it does exist. We have this thing." But so it kind Delicious. of it varies.
0: That's <laughs> absolutely, faci- Fascinating. And one point when you when, in your in your content you talked about trying to understand the idea you talked about the concept of bunch and bunches.
1: Yeah, that was John. Because, um, so we were very focused on learning like everything and figuring out everything, like facts, what it meant, what, what led to another fact. And then, so like, it just kind of like costs our mind. Like what is a bunch exactly? And then we had to figure that out. So, like, in order for something to be a bunch, it has to be at least thirteen. And for it to be bunches, it has to be at least two packs of thirteen. So, <laughs> we were trying to figure out everything. So that's why we were bringing up the bunches thing because it was kind of like where it started. It was kind of like a little bit of a rudimentary concept of bunches or bunch, and what con- Like, so we were going up on that, and it developed into like what causes light, um, perception atoms and electrons and hitting retinas and all the waffles. Like, so it kind of like, it, it's, it's just one thing to another. And it started with the concept of bunches and figuring out information because one of us is particularly adept at understanding fact or concepts or linking information more so than me. Yeah. It's, it, it sounds
0: like you actually started questioning reality, right? You started yeah. reflecting on everything.
1: It was it was trippy, because especially learning about light, it's like a, you know color doesn't really exist. You know, doesn't there's no such thing. Um, it's mostly like the way that our brain interprets the signals um, that hit our retinas, that hit spots off the wall, or whatever. You know, so it's like if color doesn't exist, and really everything, including like the surface that we're on, is only because electrons repel each other. Then, like, am I really sitting? Where I'm sitting, am I really looking at what I'm looking at? Am I really real? So, like, if, if it just kind of, like, it became so trippy that, like, it's, yeah, we, we did. We questioned, like, but that's not entirely uncommon with dissociative disorders. Feel like you, you, it's, it's, it's pretty, like you feel like you don't exist or the world around you doesn't exist. It's pretty much a pretty depersonalization where you feel like you don't exist or derealization where you feel like the world doesn't exist. So that's not uncommon. It just kind of became more amplified in that moment.
0: Now, the DID community was not happy about certain portrayals in Hollywood uh, over DID, especially recently in Netflix.
1: And do you want to talk about that? So Split was actually based on a movie that's being remade now, which is also very upsetting to the community. Billy Milligan was a, a true story, which is what um, Split was based on, which was a murder, a um, murder, uh, And the thing is that mostly in Hollywood concepts is so like 99.9% of the time. If they depict dissociative identity disorder, they're showing like someone that's like hacking someone to pieces or attempting to, or like someone's being picked off one by one. And in the end, oh my goodness, it was the person that has 12 heads. (laughs) Like, and they, they, they depict it like it's this scary thing where we're going to reach out and kill everyone. And then after a split had come out, especially then everyone everyone who was already, we'll say out with their diagnosis, like people around them knew, they were rejected. They were even their families weren't able to handle it. They were like, "Well, which one of you are gonna kill me? Um, are you dangerous?" And some people who were in the public eye, like um, that were that had the idea and were activists or you know raising awareness they were getting hate mail and, and harassed and like for being what they perceived as murderers or like aggressive. And, you know, really the thing is that people with the ID, the cause is, 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 is being, we'll call it victimized. We're not we're calling ourselves mm-hmm. a victim, but like it's, it's, it's like constant abuse. So we are the receivers of the abuse, not the givers. And generally speaking, if someone with did is violent it's the, or aggressive or what we call a persecutor it's because that's technically a label of one of the types of alters is a persecutor but that's not a persecutor to those around us That's a persecutor mm-hmm. to another aspect of ourselves so like it's not uncommon to have like um a homicidal headmate who wants to kill another headmate and they're like where is this person where are they cuz sometimes they don't really realize that they are their themselves <laughs> and they're like i have to kill this person and then they're going out trying to find them and kill them and they they're danger to themselves and really they're trying to kill someone else but this in their head so really persecutor alter is not a danger to someone else it's self-hate and it's not this really dangerous kind of like going out and killing someone thing it's it's completely completely different completely different There's no no comparison <laughs> That's
0: fascinating. So an altar can commit a crime on another altar. That's real the reality of it. It's not like they can take over and do something. Uh, it, it's fascinating that that's kind of the reality. That's what you're saying there, right? The alternate who's homicidal would only affect another alternate, correct?
1: Right. Well, I mean, if you it's kind of the same concept as, as taking your own life i mean if you if you hack yourself to pieces you're gonna die but if you hack your own headmate to pieces when you're in that same body you're gonna you know you're at the consequences on you but at the same time there's like there's this barrier in understanding that you are a different person like you can very much believe that you are a different person than the person you're trying to kill which is in your same head but it's kind of like a difference in perception or sometimes at some point you can become aware of it okay so I'm in the same body as 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 or head as this other aspect of me that I hate, but I'm still gonna try to the hack them to pieces because I hate them that, that much. <laughs> mm. So it it can be, you know, pretty intense, but again, not not murderous to other people, which technically I mean, can happen. Just like anyone in the population can be a killer or, you know, someone that's hurting people in general. But that doesn't mean that they're more likely if they have DID it just like if they happen to have it they happen to have it and they're you know it's just a thing like the human population happens to be not so kind once in a while and percentage wise there's one percent of us approximately who have DID so you know chances are there'll be some of us up there that do but it doesn't mean that we're inherently violent it's human human you know they will react one way or another
0: has there ever been a, a movie documentary that accurately, dis, you know,
1: displays or shows DID? So there's a few uh, kind of. The, I haven't seen them all. There's most of them are kind of like. Well, so it is possible to see your headmate, but you're not necessarily going to have a conversation with them outside your head and think that you are someone else for a long period of time. Hmm. Um, so, like things like Fight Club or Mr. Robot, not necessarily hmm. the way it would go down, but they know there was a documentary series called the many sides of Jane. And that is a six part mini part series, a documentary series. And it follows a woman with her two children and kind of their story. And, ends it was like brain scans and all this stuff. And it's kind of really interesting. So it was very, very real um, person with their situation the only thing that people didn't really like about it was the, the the kind of like freaky deaky music whenever there was a switch. But that was really just kind of like a, a kind of a, a sound effect to kind of indicate that there was being a switch for those that might not catch on. So it was just kind of like an indicator, but it wasn't really to make it like sensationalized. It was a very good show. And uh, well, documentary. There's... There was one that I kind of found interesting. wasn't necessarily... It was more like a comedy. What was... Um, what if... What was it? What if... What if it works? That's what it was called. What if it works? It was a story about a woman with dissociative identity disorder and um, someone that was interested in her who had OCD. And it was kind of like this, this comedy movie... And it was definitely not entirely realistic because you know it was a comedy movie, and also it wasn't based on a, it wasn't a true story. And I think that the the what's the word the clash are the, the trigger that caused her dissociative identity disorder was one event, which really that wouldn't happen in real life. It would be multiple events. But Other than that, I found it very interesting because like she would sometimes she would often remember what would happen. There was which is like say someone that was really angry alter or like a childlike altar and sometimes she remembers and sometimes she didn't. And I kind of liked it. It wasn't like super specific, but it was, you know, at least there was no murderers in it.
0: Hmm. Well, that is good to hear uh, on the podcast. We talk, uh, I often bring up discipline. I, I lost a bunch of way. People ask me how I did it. I mm-hmm. say discipline. Do you consider yourself Melissa disciplined, self-disciplined?
1: Well, I would say yes. It takes a lot of effort to kind of like bend the mindset mm-hmm. and also to constantly work on yourself and to constantly kind of remind yourself of certain things. Like if, if we're talking regarding the dissociative identity disorder, that, that's how I would see as constant work on, on, on yourself because otherwise you kind of lose your track and then you lose your everything else. Like life in general needs to be on track. And if your mind is not on track and your ability to cope with yourself is not on track, then you, know, you can't how you're going to work. How are you going to have a social life? How are you going to do anything? So the fact that we can kind of work on ourselves and communicate and constantly keep things on track, it's kind of a way to keep everything else on track, which also Mm -hmm. takes discipline for sure. But it starts with kind of ourselves. So definitely.
0: Do you think a lot in your your community and your system are disciplined?
1: Some more than others. I mean – I I see us as, like, we have different qualities that kind of are pretty useful depending on, like, a situation. So, like, say we need a lot of self-control, then some of us have a lot of that. And if we need to defend ourselves, then some of us have a lot of that. And if we need to figure things out, then, you know, some of us have, like, smarts to do it and others have, like... It's just kind of like we can kind of draw on each other's strengths to figure things out. But discipline, I mean, it depends on who because... Like, I mean, some of us are pretty childlike, so it's pretty hard to have more discipline in that respect. But mm. I think that we, I think that the fact that we can respect each other and kind of like cool off and say, okay, so we'll give Melissa her space and we'll let her work and do her job. So like I do, um, I, I'm trying to start my own company, um, web design, and SEO. And they're like, well, some of them are like, well, okay, this is boring. I want to do something else. Because I hear the commentary, they're like, so, okay, we'll, we'll do something later. For now, we're doing this. And they kind of like say, okay, the, it's for some, somehow, we kind of have this kind of a respect of what needs to be done, when it needs to be done. And then we kind of arrange for, okay, so later we'll do this. But they kind of let me do my thing in terms of like keeping responsibilities mm. and making sure that we're okay that we're protected in, like, a general sense in, like, life. So we're working on things, and it takes a lot of discipline to to start up, like, uh, our own our own web design, to, to keep a job for years, to give conference speeches, to, you know, the, all the things that we do. It takes a lot of discipline. And just even mental health in general takes a lot of discipline to work on oneself, to kind of always be, like... If we have like a certain weakness, like say we have a, or like at least some of us have more like of, um, an eating disorder mentality, which we're much better with now, much better. So that's, but there, like, if we have that kind of mentality, then we have to keep on working on it and keep on keeping that in check. And so we are always working on mental health, on keeping things on track. So everything can be on track. So yeah, definitely, definitely discipline for sure.
0: Have to have bring, that. Yeah. And it brings up another point is like your alters want you to be happy and healthy because it it affects them. So they, I would think they, they want you to have a job. They want you to get physicals and you yourself want to protect them. As you've mentioned before, you yeah. feel that it's not just you, it's this community or system that you're or team that you're, that you're in with. Uh, and it's that mentality. Um, uh, Talk to me about the bag system. Incredible what you're doing there, Melissa. Absolutely incredible. So, as in our system or the podcast? <laughs> I'm sorry, let's go both. <laughs> so, I'm talking about the
1: podcast, but why do you call it the bag system? Well, the bag system is my system. So, the bag system was based on the joke that I told that I mentioned earlier where I said, I'm dissociating into a bag of Skittles, tastes the rainbow. Right. And so, we are the bag of Skittles. And it kind of kind of based on that. And I kind of asked everyone's permission, you know, is it okay? And I didn't really get any real big pushback. So I was like, okay, so we'll be in the bag system. It just kind of gives us a name to kind of base. It's kind of like the town of it's like a system is like the town of Montreal, the town of Chicago. Um, it's like the system of head baits that are the bag. So, and the podcast is based on myself working on connecting with my system, being aware of them working on getting to know them kind of our relationships and kind of like in a way self self love, but like kind of like a appreciation for each other and yeah, definitely developing a certain self-awareness and compassion and yeah, definitely for sure.
0: And you talk to others that have DID and the, the conversations are fascinating how different they differ from you. Uh, uh, I, I really enjoyed that as well.
1: Yeah, we spoke with Daddy Hatchery, with with um, with with someone who wrote a book. Now I'm brain farting, um, and they they kind of like guided us through like a therapy of um, Jade Miller. Sorry about that, Jade Miller. She wrote a book, and she's also uh, a system and she guided us through like kind of like how she would do peer support for multiples so and we did with did hatchery which is kind of her youtube channel name um and we kind of went through like a question and answer game where like did you ever as in did did you ever and kind of like this is my experience this is your experience and kind of comparing but it was obviously very different because we're different people and we experience things differently so different that's for sure but uh yeah, it's a, it's pretty cool to be able to connect with other people who who experience the same thing and kind of relate. Yeah. Whoop,
0: whoop, whoop. Now, you're you're in Canada. Does the Canadian government help at all with those with DID?
1: <laughs> well, I think in overall worldwide, like there are those who oh, are pretty accepting of it, pretty helpful with it, pretty open to it. And I think it's gotten a lot better over the last few years. Good. But like overall, like the way that people or society, movies, the world in general reacted to dissociative identities or multiple personalities kind of made things very stigmatized. Mm-hmm. So it made it so that even medical professionals sometimes became very iffy about it and standoffish or like critical. And but more and more, there's awareness of what it really is, and it's less like fantasticalized, if that's even a word. So it's more accepted of the way that it's it's just like a kind of a way to process trauma, to react to trauma, to survive. is a coping skill, a survival skill. So really, it's it's been more like understood and normalized. So. If you were, like in Quebec, where we're from, um, we're from, (laughs) because we grew up in Quebec, but we are currently in British Columbia. And if you go on the site for the psychologists, you can look up schizophrenia, you can look up um, borderline, you can look up bipolar, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, but you cannot find dissociative identity disorder. You cannot find dissociative disorders. You can't look it up because they do not support it. Like maybe some of them within that are psychologists will support it. But the people that organize this, the order of psychologists, they, at least whoever was in charge years ago, that it was like um, a bogus disorder. Hmm. And so they wouldn't support it, but they more and more they are realizing what it really is, that it's not this kind of like, a bunch of people in one head, it's more like one person that's fractured into pieces or into parts. So it's more like understood. So they're, but you know, it wasn't so much before it's very hard to find help for it. It's very hard to find professionals, specialists, very hard. Like it's, it's near like the, the degree of us that need the help, uh, and actually get it like the waiting lists are either forever, or there's just not enough people that specialize at all, at all. Um, but it's getting better, way better, way better. Yeah. And what
0: should the public know? If you had a loudspeaker, Melissa, and you're able to talk to 8 billion people in this planet of ours, what should they know about DID? let
1: see. If I were to pick you Yeah,
0: it's a big responsibility. One. You know, there's
1: a lot of things to know about it, but uh, I think we've covered quite a lot. Yeah. So let's see. If I were to really specify something, like – Maybe that it's not that crazy and out there science fiction. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it's just like a person thing, it's a like human thing. It's 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 not something that is super but it might be very interesting because we don't hear about it that much. Right. But the number of people that experience it and don't talk about it is massive because of the stigma. And if we just kind of like taper down and make it less like this crazy out there thing or fascinating or like science fiction or like amaze at it, then maybe people will be more comfortable coming forward with it and feeling more normal than like this kind of like sideshow freak or like afraid of the way that you'll be reacted to. So I think that we need to normalize how we react to it and how we perceive it. And maybe people will feel a lot less terrified of being discovered. Yeah.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderfully put. I mean, what you've done, Melissa, Not, I. it would seem to me that the little bit I know about it, a lot of people are just kind of closing up and trying to deal with it. But you've decided to, to take it to the masses, to make more than one YouTube yeah. channel, to talk to others, to have discussions like with me uh you know giving me your time and i I appreciate it so much but you've taken it the extra step where you're not only okay this is affecting me i have this i have this system let's let the world know about it let's get it out there let's let more people understand about it you need to be applauded by this i know you speak at conventions again you have a lot of great content i i want you to continue and uh i wish you luck and I, i in any way at all if i can help melissa please 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 reach out thank you so much for your time today
1: that's really awesome. Thank you for the support. I think that is is very like encouraging to have this kind of mentality of like support towards it rather than kind of like, yeah, so definitely. Thank you so much for having us on and, and for sure we'll reach out if there's anything that we have to suggest. I, 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 I,
0: I, if I can help in any way and I sincerely mean that, I, um, do you have a Patreon page with your, um, with your
1: bag system site? Not anymore. We have one for the my main channel for I Drank the Seawater. And I used to have a donate link, but I it I took it down. I used to, like I felt like I wasn't sure if it was that the at the point where people could really like connect with the show enough to warrant a a donate button. Like I felt like I could work up to that point. And I'm not sure when that'll feel like I worked up to that point. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do have one for the, I drank the seawater page. So
0: let's talk about all the sites that you have. So yeah. So what's I drank the seawater. What's that about? I, I've been there, but please tell yeah. the others.
1: It's a mental health and threat syndrome channel. And it's for raising awareness. Hmm. And it has a Patreon, I think under Melissa seawater. Melissa C dot water, the letter C. And kind of branched off into a channel about DID after the diagnosis because everyone on the original channel was like really open to having so many topics and also because it was like this new thing that they didn't really weren't really so aware of. And so we brought we branched off to another channel called The Bag System on YouTube. Our website is thebagsystem.com and it has our podcast and our podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much everywhere, Audible, Amazon Music. Um, and we're working on an app at multipliedbyone.com, and that is for assisting communication in dissociative identity disorder systems. So that is being developed now out of um, in, on, on a public repository in GitHub by a team of volunteers. So that's pretty exciting um awesome. hoping that that comes uh, we're really working hard to come to fruition with that so it's multiplied by com, and yeah so we're kind of everywhere but yeah
0: absolutely wonderful thank you so much for your time your 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 bravery your discipline your genuinity is so shining and reflective i i just can't say enough uh, great things i wish you so much success i i hope one day to meet you face to face you and your system Uh, you plural, of course, Um, uh, and maybe have a cup of coffee. Uh, Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, we know how to get you. It'll be all in the show notes. And thank you so much, Melissa. I appreciate your time. Au revoir. Au revoir. Thank you for listening and or viewing Joey Pins Discipline Conversations. Please share this episode with one or two of your friends who you think may benefit from the episode our website www.joeypins.com there you find lots of resources and you could join our mailing list please follow us on all our social media instagram Twitter and Facebook podcast information the video version of our podcast is on YouTube please subscribe audio is on all major podcasting platforms please follow them and if you like it please consider giving five star rating would really appreciate that would you like to financially support the podcast? You can go to our Patreon site. Consider $5, $10, or $20 a month. There's all kind of plans that we have there. There's like a one-time payment. What is this podcast episode worth to you? $25, $50, $100, $500, $1,000, $5,000. You be the judge. You can go to our PayPal account to do that as well. Thank you again for listening or watching Joey Pins Discipline Conversation.